This episode of MB's Five for the Hive was originally recorded January 31st, 2022. My name is Megan Brett Hamilton, and I'm the host of the podcast Honeybee Connection by MB, where I talk about language, culture, communication, and identity. At the end of my conversation with my guests, I ask them five questions. I ask them the same five questions. Here's what they said. These five for the hive. I was wondering what that was. I know it's a thing, but I couldn't figure out what it was. It's a thing. And these are questions that I you cannot prepare for. I'm just Uh-oh. going to ask you. <laughs> and there are five questions that are just very interesting to me. And you know who I am, babe, so they shouldn't surprise you. Okay. So the first question, how do you define race and what race or races do you identify with? Um. Yeah, I'm going to embarrass myself. I define race as my skin color. That's how I define race. And then which one am I? I'm the default. I'm at least here. I'm white. Caucasian, white. I know. We still don't even know anymore, do we? Okay, awesome. Sometimes I'm I'm Caucasian. Sometimes I'm white, non-Hispanic. I haven't figured out that variation, but that's what I am. Oh, America. Okay, (laughs) yes, you're (laughs) Number two, what is the right way to speak? In a way that your message is understood. And uh, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Number three, how would you describe the way you speak? Uh, not always in a way that's understood. You can ask my kids. Um, I think I'm a little bit too verbose. But I also think I'm very focused on trying to get the message across. And unfortunately, a lot of times the way I do that is throwing more words out. <laughs> I see a psycho thing. Yep. All right, here you go. You ready for this one? I'm not a good intellectual. I'm just an intellectual. Eh, no, we don't put judgment on intellectuals. <laughs> All right. All right. Hit me. What does your hair mean to you? What does my hair mean to me? Oh, my goodness. That's interesting. Although it's actually not really all that interesting. My preference, all other things being equal, which they're not, is I would like to just get a military cut, a high and tight once a month. And the reason I like to do that is twofold. It's low maintenance. And when I feel dirty, I tend to feel it in my hair the most. That's where I tend to feel it, like in the summer. All right. The reason I don't do that is because my wife doesn't like it when I cut my hair that way. And here's one of the things that I like about my life with a military haircut. I never have to see myself in the mirror. Interesting. Because so, what, you just you just know how you look? What's that? Is that what it is? You just know how you look, so you just go about your day? Well, if it's short enough, there's nothing to comb, right? Okay. Okay. There's nothing to brush. There's nothing to ponytail. There's nothing... <laughs> Um, yeah, honestly, it's this long just because I'm, I love my wife and I'm, I'm trying to change for her, for us. Awesome. I also haven't had a good haircut since COVID started. It's nice. That. nice. I love to hear this, the answer for the, um, for so many people, cause it means so many different things to so many different people. It cracks me up. No, that's a great question. I know for some people, hair's identity. And for me, it's just a thing that I got to deal with. If God was <laughs> just, they'd be bald and other people would have hair that want it. So true. All right. Last one. 
in your opinion. Number five. Number five. Maybe five for the hat. Okay. Why do some people have a hard time learning how to read? You probably know the answer to that. I'd just be guessing. Um, I think some people, I, I, I think the way their brain is put together. I don't know all the steps. I've never actually studied it. But turning, turning all those symbols into something that had meaning, I think it's just harder for some people. And, of course, words are a series of those symbols put together, right? Uh, boy, I, I think it's... It, it, I want to say it's a wiring thing, but I just think the way that their brains are put together, for those that can't learn, that was your question, who can't, right? Many people can, uh, are not taught. I just, I, I, my presumption is, I'm hoping you'll tell me what the correct answer is, it's just that the brains aren't put together the way that those, those um, symbols are interpreted by most people. Nice. I like it. There are so, no right answers to these questions, Dave. Uh, you say that. <laughs> well, you know, it's been interesting, with, especially with that last one, um, what I love about it. So everyone answers them very differently. You know, sometimes people kind of go one way or the other. But I do think, like I said, I, I think you can learn a lot about a person by how they're answering these questions, too. So sometimes I'll get people talking about access, just mm -hmm. access to books. Just someone didn't give them that access. Someone deterred them away from it. Um no one sat down and just taught them in a way that they could learn it. I mean, people have so many different answers for this. And to be, to be honest, mine is all the above, right? All the above. Yeah. You have your very neurological part of it, but you also have your societal part of it. You have your um, equity part of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's lots of different, I think, angles to look at that. So yes, you're right. And then there's other answers that are right as well. So I represented a, uh... I, I told you I can keep going until you have to. So I represented a dad in abuse and neglect court, and he was a black man. And at some point in time, we had, and, and I mentioned that because I don't know if it was a factor or not, because mm -hmm. I don't remember where he grew up. But he was a nice guy. Um, I thought he was a good guy. He was always polite to me, but there's a question as to why he was doing that, because I was the white guy in the suit. That was there to speak for him to the judge. Uh, and at some point in time, and we've probably been doing this for a few years, and if I remember correctly, and I'm probably getting this part wrong, the, the presenting problem that brought the case in was something that the mother had done wrong. Mm -hmm. I could be remembering that wrong. And, and maybe that doesn't even matter for this. But I, I find him very sympathetic. I like the guy. He's very polite to me. Although he was mostly quiet. And I don't know how long we've been in the case, maybe a year, maybe a year and a half, which in terms of these cases seems like a long time. And this is one of the things problems with it is it is a long time for a family, but a year is also interpreted as three, three court, three courtroom appearances. So that might not seem like that much, right? Or two, or, or it could be more depending on where you are. And his caseworker says to me, representing him, at some point in time, I don't think he can read. And I remember that because I thought, how did I manage to fucking miss this mm. all this time? Mm -hmm. And in retrospect, I know how I did because I don't actually usually ask my clients to leave anything. And he's figured out how to cope, get by, probably so no one can tell. 
Right. And I couldn't tell. And of course, that was one of the first things I'm like, how do I figure this out without insulting him? Right. Um, Because he doesn't need that from me. But I remember thinking, how much time have we wasted? How much time has he wasted trying to fix this problem to the judge's satisfaction? Responding to things from the caseworker. On the one hand, I was glad the caseworker figured it out because I figured she would probably have been working with him. Right. I don't know how long she'd been going. And most of what we dealt with was um, written reports. Mm-hmm. But when they go to him and they say, read this or fill this form out, what is he experiencing? Now, I don't have him filling forms out. I don't ask him to read anything. Um, my assumption is that he's read the evidence that we're going to go in. I talk to him about the things. So that I don't read it to him word for word, at least not until that point in time. Right. But it was, it would, anyway, your question just reminds me of how disempowered he was. And of course, not to make me the center of that, but how I had obviously not been serving very well, but I couldn't put that out because um, he can't tell me what he's missing. Yeah. So when you know, I say, for example, I read through this, here's some things that are concerned to me. These are some great things. Was there anything in there that you wanted to talk about? Mm. Mm. He hasn't read it. What's the answer going to be? Yep. Yep. Oof. That's I could talk about that for a while. Yeah. I was thinking in terms of people that can't after given the opportunity. Yeah, the I always that, think about the kind of opportunities that were given. You know, well, the ones that aren't given opportunities, they're just they're, how could they learn it? Right. That's what and 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 again, everyone, you know, we learn in different ways. You know, I, I remember I'm working with this one researcher, she's amazing, and she talks about literacy and African American English speakers, and she was like. If you're going to learn how to talk, you got to talk. If you're going to learn how to read, you got to read. And so often we're teaching black kids skills. But at the end of this lesson for the day, they haven't read. Like now put those skills to the test. Now read, read versus like, here's the phonics. Let's learn to decode. Let's do CBC words, whatever it is. And then you go home and, you know, work on, you know, B means book, right? But they're not practicing and that was one of my biggest takeaways from working with her. She was like, if you want to learn how to read, you got to get them. I know, I hear you. Well, dang.